Thanks for tuning in to the Newborn Promise Podcast. You're listening to Tips for a First-Time Dad with Timothy Atik. For today's show notes, transcript, and more information about your Newborn Promise project, please visit GrahamBlanchard.com. Well, welcome back to the Newborn Promise Podcast. This is Audra Haney, and I want to say a quick hello to hopefully a large amount of new male listeners today, because this episode is tailor-made for you, and we are so honored to have you here with us. We know that if taken seriously, being on the cusp of becoming a dad or holding that baby in your arms for the first time can be an intimidating experience. Maybe you had an awesome father figure to light your way, or maybe you're starting from scratch. Either way, you're probably asking, what does this role look like for me and my family? Today, we've invited Pastor Timothy Atik, better known as T.A., to join us today and share some advice he would have loved to have as a first-time dad. T.A. is a husband to Cat, a dad to two sons, and is also the director of Breakaway Ministries, a non-denominational meeting for students on the campus of Texas A&M University. We loved his great sense of humor, but also his heart to deliver some serious dad truths on topics such as making mistakes, finding mentors, quality time, and helping your kids see the bigness of God. And new and expecting moms, you are not off the hook. There's also some great insight and encouragement for you in this episode. So be sure to keep listening along with that soon-to-be dad in your life. Pastor T.A., thank you so much for being here. We are just going to jump right in. Um, Tell me a little bit about your family. We're going to cover some of those fun dad topics later, but give us a picture of what your family looks like today. You bet. Well, um, my wife's name is Catherine. We just celebrated 10 years of marriage in October. Um, I like to consider myself the poster child for the How Did That Guy Get That Girl Foundation. She's just a better person all around. She's better looking. She's more funny. She's more spiritual, just all around uh, incredible. So I'm so thankful for Kat. And we have two boys. Noah is seven and Andrew is five. So that's kind of the Teak family right now. Well, that sounds fun and busy. And I also know that you're deeply involved with college students. So tell me, what do some of those conversations look like when they ask about marriage and family life? Well, you know, I think that the the most interesting thing for me or, or one of the greatest privileges that I feel like that Kat and I have had in ministering to college students is that we've gotten to kind of give college students a a vision for what a healthy marriage can look like. We um we have spent a lot of time with college students who just come from from broken homes and I think about one girl in particular who has just been around our family a lot and uh I think in a lot of ways just lost hope in the idea of of a healthy marriage. And so I think that Kat and I have had the privilege of just helping 
recast that vision and and reshape students' idea and understanding of not a perfect marriage, because we have a really imperfect marriage, but of one that really strives to be healthy in God honoring. And so we we talk about relationships a lot. It's it's a passion point for me to to talk to to students not just about dating relationships, but about giving them a vision for the future and how to kind of establish habits now that are going to help have marriages and be parents that are really honoring and pleasing to the Lord. Oh, I love that. And and tell me maybe about the transition for you when you went from that life stage of being a single guy to a husband. You know, how big of a change was that on a scale from, from one to 10 and why? Well, I think it, for me, it was a uh, it it was a big change. I mean, scale of one to ten, I would say that it was uh, probably a ten, just because, uh, you know, getting married to Cat just made me realize how selfish of a person that I am. You know, when you're single, you'd spend all your time thinking about yourself. Not all single people do that, but it's you're you're only thinking about what you need, and then when you get married. And you live with someone twenty four seven. It's it's no longer about just your preferences. Now you're now you're called to lay your life down for the other person. And so, I just remember distinct moments where I just was confronted with just how selfish I am because now it's no longer just thinking about myself. It's thinking about uh, my spouse. And at the same time, it's the best transition that I've ever made and I would never do it over. And, uh, I, I never miss dating. I never miss being single. I'm so thankful for God bringing me together with Kat and it was best decision I've made besides putting my faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And tell me about the transition. You know, it's a big leap to go from a single guy to a husband, but to go from being just a husband to also being a father, that's a big leap as well. Tell me about how that transition was for you. Yeah, I think that it was uh it was it was such an exciting transition because it was something that Kat and I had wanted and so when the Lord blessed us with Noah, we were we were so excited and and at the same time it everything changes. Now instead of just thinking about my wife, I had to think about Kat and Noah and so that was God uh shaping me just refining me to not just uh, think about myself, but to lay my life down now for Kat and Noah. But I think the other transition there was just the best parents in the world are the people who don't have kids yet, because before you have kids, you can assume the type of parent you're going to be, and and you think about how you're going to succeed as a parent. And then when you get into being a parent, it and you kind of meet reality, it's just a it's a huge shift. And so, you know, when we had Noah, Kat kind of had an instant connection with him just as a baby. And I was more kind of like, okay, let's do something, you know? So there's, there was just that, that shift that took time to get used to. So what were some other things that were surprising to you when you became a parent? Um, you know, I, for me, I just, <laughs> this is just me personally. I realized that I wasn't nearly as easygoing with my kids as I thought that I would be, you know, I was a lot more protective of my kids than I thought 
that I would be. You know, you deal with fear more than you ever think that you will because you never want anything to happen to your kids, yet you have to find this balance of protecting your kids, yet also letting them experience life. And so I still haven't figured out that balance, but it was a, it was a huge shift. We did probably a much better job with, with Andrew. Everybody's firstborn probably um, needs counseling at some point, just because parents had to work out the kinks with the firstborn. But, um, you know, it was just a growing process, working through fears and, and worries and concerns and just not anticipating those at all. What are some things that you wish someone would have sat you down and taught you before you became a father? I think that some of the the best things that I've learned along the way is that um, you're going to be a very imperfect parent. and And that's okay. Because I think I went into marriage and I put a lot of pressure on myself that I had to be, you know, really perfect. And so there's, you know, if you go in expecting to be a perfect parent, then you're going to spend a lot of time feeling like a failure because you're doing something that you've never done before. And you can read books about it and you can have other people tell you about it. But until you get into it, it's just everybody's learning on the fly, no matter how much insight you've gained from outside sources. And so just kind of the freedom to fail sometimes. And, you know, part of the best thing that I'm learning, some of the best things that I can teach my kids is how to ask for forgiveness and to own up to screwing up. So to sit with my kids and be like, hey, you know what, daddy was, I was just too harsh right there. And I need to ask for forgiveness for that. That's okay. That's good for your kid to learn that. And then I think that, you know, one thing that a mentor has just really helped me see is that, you know, people emphasize quality time, but it's really quantity that leads to quality. Not every moment with my kids has to be this magnificent moment. It's really just putting in the time with your kids that leads to to the sweet, small moments. You know, I put a lot of pressure on myself to just maximize every moment. And sometimes the best thing you can do is just laugh with your kids or just enjoy just being present. Yeah, I think that's really powerful. And and talk to me, you mentioned mentor. And I think women, not to make this men versus women, but I think women tend to naturally seek out community a little more typically. And, you know, they're better at finding those support systems and being transparent usually. But what advice do you have for expecting dads when it comes to the importance of finding community and other dads you can connect with during this journey? Well, it, it's, you know, this is kind of a passion point for me. This is so much bigger than than uh, parenting. This is just the, the normal Christian life. You look back in the garden and God looked at Adam and said, it's not good for man to be alone. And his he provided Eve in that moment for him. But this is, this is so much even bigger than marriage. Like we have been wired to represent God in one of the ways that we represent a triune God who is a God of community is to live in open, honest, trans- transparent relationships. And so I, I believe that every person on the planet really needs to have a couple men or a couple women with whom they're fully known and fully loved. And every single one of us needs people in our lives who won't just tell us what we want to hear, but they'll tell us what we need to hear. And they've kind of seen behind the curtain 
of our lives and they're familiar with our weaknesses and our sinful tendencies, our insecurities. And, you know, the reason I even say all that is that parenting brings out all of your imperfections. I mean, it just, yeah, parenting will help you become really well acquainted with the areas that you're, you're weak in. And so you need, just like girls need girls, guys need a couple guys who they can just sit with and be like, man, I, I just, I stayed at work longer today uh, because I just, I didn't feel like going home to be with my kids. It just sounded exhausting. Guys that we can share that with and they can speak back and just say, man, that, you know, let me just encourage you. You're not crazy, but here, let's take some steps. Yeah, and I think that transparency is so important. And uh, in addition to transparency, talk to me about humor. I know this is a big one for you and your family. Well, I tell college students, and this might be overly simplistic, but when they're trying to figure out if they're going to be able to marry someone, I just ask them, okay, does, if I'm talking to a guy, I say, okay, well, does she love Jesus? Okay, can you laugh with her? That's my second question because I think humor, uh, besides, you know, I think that God will use humor to save marriages. If you can laugh together and pray together, then you'll probably stay together. Um, and so, you know, I think that hu- humor will cover a multitude of sins. And what I mean by that is that there's there's moments where I just I just blow it as a dad. I just, I'm too short with my kids. I don't discipline them in the right way, meaning I just, instead of just working through it with them, I'm too quick to correct them instead of just direct them and coach them. And so in those moments when I can ask for forgiveness and then we can start laughing together and just having a sweet moment of, you know, wrestling or doing impressions or funny voices or chasing around the house and laughing like it just, it brings closeness and unity. So laughter is, is, is of utmost importance in the Atik household. We laugh a lot and, uh, and it heals it heals hurts in our family, and it does a lot of good. I'm Audra Haney, and you're listening to the Newborn Promise Podcast, a production of Graham Blanchard Incorporated. One of our main goals for the Newborn Promise Project is to remind expecting parents that parenting is primarily spiritual. There's a lot to prepare for physically, but it's the spiritual aspects that matter the most. We had T.A. talk to us about the differences when you're parenting spiritually and how that awareness helps him as a dad. First and foremost, the best thing that I can do for my family is walk with the Lord, you know, to spend time with the Lord every day, seeking Him in His Word and in prayer. It's the best thing that I can do. And one of the best things that Kat and I can do together is, is pray together. And please hear me, we've got a long way to go in this, but even just this year, we've kind of taken steps towards praying together more. And it draws us together and it gives us an opportunity to really think about what the needs of our children really are and to to pray for those things. But there's no one else in the world who's going to have more time with my kids than me. And so the best thing that I can do is utilize the time that God's given me with them to point my kids to them. And so, you know, one of the greatest responsibilities I feel is to give my kids a big view of who God is. And it's just so easy as a parent to want our kids to behave well and to be obedient people. And we think that 
that's a godly thing for our kids to be obedient. Obedience is a part of the Christian life, but obedience is what comes when someone has a big view of God. And so that's something we really try and work on is is helping shape our kids' view of who God is. So we will talk about God's attributes on the way to school, like talk about his love or look out the window and talk about his creativity. Or this week, I'm, I've been asking my son, Andrew, how big God is. And he's trying to say, is he this big? Is he this big? And so I just keep coming back. He's even bigger. He's even bigger. And so that, you know, that's the responsibility that we have. And nobody's going to do a better job of that than us, because we're the ones who have their time the most. That is so great. And do you have any practical things that come to mind for expecting dads, just for shepherding, maybe suggestions on things they can do um, to help them shepherd their family well? Yeah, yeah, I'll just, I'll tell you kind of some things that, that we've done. And, you know, uh, these have just, these are things that have worked for us. They're, it's kind of different for everyone. But you know the the first few years when when you don't when your kids are are infants you know it's really just a matter of of praying for them and it's it's good to help them learn names and and just talk about the lord share god stories and just let your kids hear you and you guys talking about the lord when my when my kids really got to four, five, six, that's when we really started getting to have good conversations. So, you know, one thing we did for a season, we called it just Bible time where, where we would read a story in the Bible, but we would act it out. And so like for Noah's Ark, I, I told my kids, okay, you guys got to go to your room, get all your stuffed animals and put them on the couch. Like they're getting on the ark. And, and I got a spray bottle, a water bottle, filled it up with water and started spraying them at it like it's the flood It's the flood coming. I was moving the couch back and forth so that they could kind of experience it. And they loved it. David and Goliath, I just put some some crumpled up paper under the table. They had to go find the rocks and slay the, the giant. Those sorts of things bring the Bible to life for kids. And then... You know, one thing we do right now is is we we use the um the the Jesus Bible app, which is really phenomenal. Uh it's just on our iPad. We'll read it at night and then on the way to school in the morning, well I'll tell them why I thought that that was a what I liked about the story. I'll ask them questions about it. Um and then you know, we try and talk about uh God stories, like if there's something that God did in my life or something cool that happened, I want to share it with my kids because I want them hearing how I'm experiencing the Lord. And then, you know, First First Timothy four twelve says, "Let no one look down on you because you're young, but show yourself an example of speech, conduct, love, faith, and purity." And so I look at those kind of five words as five words that I want to be true of my kids. And so we've talked about each of those words at different times. Try and use anything in the world to illustrate truth. And so the other day they were watching a TV show and it talked about courage. And so it's not a Christian TV show, but I was able to say, man, that, that was courage. You know, God told Joshua in the Bible, be strong and courageous. And so there's different opportunities to sit with my kids and just say, and it doesn't have to be some big magnificent moment, but just driving in the car. Hey, you know, 
They're, look at the cars going the other direction. We're going this direction. There's a right way to go and there's a wrong way to go. Can you imagine if we were driving the opposite direction on the other side? You know, that's what happens in life when you do things the way that God doesn't want you to do them, stuff like that. Those are so awesome. I'm I'm definitely filing some of those away for my family too. Um, but tell talk to me a little bit about some of the unique pressures of spiritual parenting as a dad. You know, what are some things for dads listening that you can tell them are going to be unique to their role? For me personally, I, I believe that God's called me to set the pace in our household. You know, people talk about the fathers being the leaders of the family. I believe that God has given me that responsibility that husband and wife are equal, yet God's given each one a specific role. And so I think that my role within our family is to just set the pace. So like if I if I want my wife and I to be praying, then I probably need to initiate us praying, or if I want my family talking about the Lord, then it's probably good for me to initiate that. That doesn't mean that my wife can't do that. It just means that I feel responsible for it happening within the context of our of our house. And so that's something that I'm really imperfect at and working on, but I, I just want to be a good pace setter. And, uh, you know, every household looks different, but me being the dad, I feel having boys, I feel a strong responsibility of just showing them and helping them understand what it looks like to be God's man. And so there's times where my kids will be in trouble. I'll tell them, hey, I God has given me the responsibility to help you learn what it looks like to be his man. And so we'll use that that language. But, you know, I, we have man time where we can just spend time together as as boys and and do fun things together and but I feel like that's my responsibility at least in in my my household. So you've touched on so many good things, but what would be your main advice for men on the threshold of parenting? The 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 thing that's been the greatest thing for me is to talk to other men about parenting. It's uh it has been so helpful for me to have men in my life who are one to two seasons down the road. Like I have a mentor here in town who has a son who's in high school right now, and I talk to him often and just pick his brain, and I'll tell him where I'm really struggling with my kids and ask his ask his counsel, and that has just been so helpful. And to have people who are in a season behind to then get to impart wisdom to them, it it's a it's a really great thing to have people on both sides of you, people who you're investing in and people who are investing in you because you gain the the wisdom and then you get to impart it and so it's it's just a really life giving experience. I would just say you are not alone in this. You're not the first person to go into this, but you're unwise if you choose to go about it alone. And in addition to that, what advice do you have for wives? How can they best support their husbands as they become new dads? Yeah, I would just say to cheer them on when they do something well and extend a lot of grace when they don't. It's just a whole new world for guys and for for wives as well. But I, I do think it's a reality that when men are first time 
parents, there's not that instant connection that there might be between the baby and the mom just for even some practical reasons. And so to to give the dad some grace as he kind of grows into that and to be patient with him through that, but then to also to celebrate the really great moments of parenting. I mean, it goes a long way for a for a man to hear, man, you're doing a great job as a dad. And what you did right there with our son or with our daughter, I thought was just really great. That just breathes large amounts of life into dads. That's some really wonderful advice. And would you mind just closing out our time together, praying for the men especially, um, as they stand at this important threshold about to form their families and take on this role of dad? Well, Lord, it's it's a huge privilege that you give us to be parents. And God, thank you that you haven't left us alone in this world to figure it out. Uh, You are our Heavenly Father, and you're a perfect father. And so we can learn so much by just looking to you and how you respond to us. Thank you for your love for us, for your grace that is towards us every day, for your patience with us, Lord. God, I pray for all the the soon-to-be parents. And uh, God, thank you in advance for what you're going to do in their lives and for how you're going to use parenting to refine them into the men and women that you want them to be. And God, I thank you that the greatest ministries that we can have on this planet are really not through our jobs or through our churches. It's through our marriages and our families, Lord. And so I just pray that that you give people confidence as they step into parenting, Lord, that, that they would sense your grace as they move through it, God, that you'd protect marriages as things change and just there's more time constraints and just pray God that you would use these families God to just bring you great glory and that you would put yourself on display through through different families and that many people would come to know you through them Lord we love you we trust you in Jesus name amen well thank you dads for tuning in and for new expecting moms for cheering them on we are so happy that you are able to join us today We want to invite you to tune in next week as we share our interview with Carrie Job. She's a worship leader, Grammy nominee, and Dove Award winner who also has the new title of Mom. She shares about her first eight months with her son Canyon and how it's changed her spiritual walk and even her songwriting. You really don't want to miss this sweet segment. And remember, you can get today's show notes transcript and more information about your newborn promise project at grahamblanchard.com.